following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys here from the SWBC Mortgage Studio and the star in Frisco. Welcome in, everybody, whether you're listening on DallasCowboys.com, the various streaming platforms, iTunes, Periscope. Be sure to, to go follow Talking Cowboys. Go subscribe if you're on iTunes. Click that button. It takes like two seconds. Go and click that and, and support our shows throughout the year because no matter win or lose, we might have a 2-7 and seven team to cover, but we... As talking Cowboys are nine and zero, just to say the least. So go ahead and follow us. Wow, that's cocky. Yeah, we're always gonna be spitting hot fire. Yes, always hot fire, <laughs> and yes, a little bit cocky, but that's okay. Rob Phillips, Heck Harrison, the great Isaiah Stanback. I'm Kyle Yeomans, and gentlemen, it's Thursday, which means we're a day away from saying saying it with our chest on "Say It With Your Chest" Friday, but. I have an interesting hypothetical for you guys, and we're going to start the show with this, which is a little bit different. Normally, we go into injury reports, and we kind of update the team and and, and update what's going on. We'll talk about that coming up in a second. But I I sent out this hypothetical on Twitter yesterday based off of events in New York. And I know, Heckma, you're you're a big fighting guy. You're a big boxing fan. Rob, you you like that as well. Isaiah, I haven't really had that conversation with you, but I think you're pretty big into that. I'm looking forward to the Tyson fight. I'm looking forward to the Aero Spins fight. Tyson fight. So we're three for three Mm -hmm. here. Based on events Mm -hmm. that happened in New York, of course, for those that don't know, the facts are is that Mark Colombo, former coach here at the Dallas Cowboys and offensive line coach with the Giants, was fired yesterday. That's That's the facts. But now there's some rumors that circled yesterday, at least, and some of them have been debunked, but it, it raised this question, but that he had gotten into an altercation with the head coach, Joe Judge. Now, my question is, is if this coaching staff that the Dallas Cowboys have right now had gotten into, let's say, a UFC-style boxing battle royale type thing, who would come out (laughs) on top? That's my question to start talking Cowboys on a Thursday. (laughs) Yeah, this is how we're starting the show, Act. Yes, this is how we're starting it, Hackbud. And if you want to go first, you can. But Rob had a little heads up because we talked about it yesterday. But Rob could probably start us off with who he thinks could come out on top. Uh, can I just say, first of all, I wouldn't fight Mark Colombo if you paid me, I don't know, 6Gs, 7Gs, Isaiah, you played li- with he's him. A lot, he's a lot lighter than he used to be, though, Rob. I think I, I got, you know, you got a chance. He's still 6'8", and you can't teach that. So <laughs> I don't can't teach I don't, that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't go there. But, uh, okay, I'll play along with you, Kyle. I'm going Jim Tom Sula, baby. Jim Tom Sula. Mm. I know he's not the tallest guy on the coaching staff. And this is kind of a tough question because we haven't been around the coaches really at all this year. Uh, but D-line coaches, to me, are among the most intimidating people on the planet. <laughs> And uh, he's a great guy, but I wouldn't want to make him angry, just like I wouldn't want to make Rod Marinelli angry back in the day. So I'll go with uh, Mr. Tom Sula. <laughs> Tom Sula. Tom is a Sula. Good one. That's a hey. That's a that's a good pick. You took that one away from me, Rob. Oh, I'm sorry, heck. I'm Thank sorry. Thank you. 
Uh, but I'm hey, I'm gonna stay in that same vein. I, I know that Big Cat Leon Lett's still on staff, so mm. I'm going with Big Cat. Like you say, you can't teach height. I think Cat's six seven. So there you go. He's <laughs> and he'll have the reach on most of us. So there it is. I'm going yeah. Cat. Yeah, I think you win there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Are, are we going? Are we going like any coach on the staff? Yeah, is that, is any that what we're coach doing right on now? the staff. Any coach. I am going to go with Coach McCarthy. Whoa. I'm going with Coach McCarthy. Coach McCarthy looks like he will wrestle the crap out of you. And he like, he put like a big thing of chew like, right here and tuck that thing in his lip. And then like, he's like, let's go. Yeah, I, I, I can just see that, right? He probably got cauliflower ear. He's been hiding with the mask and stuff. I don't know. But I'm going with Coach McCarthy. You so, think he's got cauliflower ear? Yeah. <laughs> Well, then you also got McCarthy. I mean, his background's from Pittsburgh, and they know how to they know how to fight up in Pittsburgh. Tough. They come tough out of that region tough of the guy. country. So, yep. also, hey, hey, he, 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 you know what? Yeah, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't even know, want to know where you're going with that. But uh, Coach McCarthy doesn't have a neck, man. You don't want to wrestle nobody who doesn't have a neck. <laughs> man, that's like a Brahma bull, man. You have no chance. Uh, I like. Listen, hear me out here, though. John Fossil. And I, I, somebody threw this out yesterday, and Chris even talked about it yesterday. But the trickery that's involved there, he would pull something out of the hat. He'd pull something out of the hat to win that fight and come out on top. So I would say, how about John Fossil there for a little bit of a sneaky pick, an underdog? I also think Doug Nussmeyer would do well in a in a ring like that. I think he's quick, he's agile, he's still in shape, and if quarterback's coach he's got the headspace to to come through so i think nussmeyer would have a pretty good look at it but okay fun way that's your backup okay i'm i'm, I'm going with skip skip Pete would be my backup because that's that's my guy and i and i know him personally and skip Pete got some hood in him so mm. you don't want to mess with a hood cat you don't want to you don't want to mess with a brahma bull like coach mccarthy you don't want to mess with a hood cat like coach pete I, i'm just saying those are those are my two ringers right there who's the first one out of the ring <laughs> Who's the first out? It's a good question. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> we got co- we're putting coaches against each other right now. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what. what That's like, out. yeah, you're leading me down to the principal's office hallway right now. I don't yeah, want to go there. That's true. I'm That's not fair. going. Do you guys know so, that I'm the most so reluctant <laughs> person to go to the principal's yeah, office? You don't are, you see that already? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Kyle, Kyle's trying to set up a scenario where we set up two coaches and we put them on Rob P. Island, right? And then they got to they got to they got to sort of get off the island. They're on Fight Island, yes. Rob P. Fight it. Island, I love that. Okay, but I would say Kellen Moore is the first one out, just in my personal uh, <laughs> my personal thought process. Can anyway, can I just go for it, Rob? Can I just say real quick that that that's for Colombo for for Mark. I mean, Isaiah played with him. We've been around him. That's it, it's that's tough it's news, tough you know. And it's kind of, it was strange to hear coming out of New York just because, you know, they've got some young guys on their offensive line, but they were they're playing better. I mean, they've got three wins this year. They're doing pretty well. So that was kind of odd to see. Um, but I, I like the way you're thinking, Kyle. I like it. <laughs> I like it. But, but but Rob Rob is not surprising. It's not surprising I, because I know I know Colombo's character and Colombo's he's not no punk, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in this league, you deal with a lot of grown men right that are carrying a lot of um little boy characteristics when it comes to like, the coaches in this league and i'm not speaking to any to one particular coach i'm just talking about it's, it's a it's a reoccurring trait where you know things that 
people have when they were, when they were younger, if they haven't dealt with those things by the time they're adults, just because they're adults doesn't mean that they're going to handle situations any better. So, and you know, in terms of people trying to be bullies, in terms of people trying to use their authoritative power over people and speak down to people and things of that nature, it happens a lot in this league. It happens a lot. And sometimes when you stand your ground and you don't put up with it and you don't allow somebody to punk you, a lot of times they just try to get rid of you because now you've challenged their authority in a, in a sort, right? So knowing Colombo, I can, I, when I read, when I read the article, I can imagine that coach probably trying to say something crazy out of, out of sort to Colombo, Colombo being like, who the heck are you? You know? So <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> Anything hey, to add there? Hey, Colombo's no, Colombo's no punk. Hey, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I mean, no, we're talking about football, man. People are getting into it in facilities all over America right now. So uh, I hate that. I know Colombo is, is a tough guy. Whatever happened, I mean, somebody said to run, put their words together the wrong way or the right way, and Colombo responded to it. So this is a this is this is the game of football. This is the way it happens. We're go, I mean, I don't know about the psychology of bullying and all of that stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, you'll get hit in the mouth for what you say, no matter where you are. So. Kudos to Mark Colombo. There are some pump, punks no. in the league, but Colombo by far is not one of those guys. And this he's is a not guy one. that uh, he's going to stand up for himself. So like you said, not surprising, but at the same time, it is tough news, and we wish him the best moving forward. He's going to find a job somewhere. He'll be just fine. He'll be in the league for a good amount of time because he's, he he's hit a him good with, coach. Colombo hit him with a bam, bam. <laughs> now, with that being said, we did have some offensive line news of our own yesterday, Rob. For Mike McCarthy, he mentioned it in his press conference that cut our – that cut our show short yesterday, but also uh, led into practice. Brandon Knight was back and practicing yesterday. What is uh, what is going on with Brandon Knight, and then some of these other injury updates from yesterday's practice? Yeah, they started the 21-day practice window for Knight. Uh, he was on injured reserve. I want to say after the Monday night game was that the Arizona game. Yes. I think he got a knee scope right after that. So. He's back. He was on the field. Uh, That's encouraging. I don't know if it's this week uh, where he could be potentially active, but uh, that's good progress. Give you some depth at offensive tackle because we've talked about that position a lot. Uh, Only two guys didn't practice yesterday. Tyler Biotish, of course, with the hamstring injury that's going to keep him out a little bit. And uh, Randy Gregory was sick yesterday. So that's about it. Zach Martin was limited. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on, but I'm sure. I would imagine they're trying to manage him and, and get him to Sunday. He was doing some some cord work with the athletic training staff and uh, just trying to get himself loosened out before he practiced. So uh, the best thing I saw in there was Zeke had a full practice mm-hmm. and said told us after practice that he felt better this week than he did the week at the Steelers game. So for a matchup that we're going to get into this today for this week with Minnesota, that's huge. That's huge if you've got a closer to healthy Zeke. And when, whenever it comes to Zach Martin and kind of a lingering issue there, like you said, it's not necessarily anything to be really upset about. I mean, you're coming off of a bye week, so it might have been something that was a right, th- a right place, right time, and, and just not as big of an issue as normally it would be. But whenever it comes to him being on cords, Isaiah, does that worry you at all from Zach Martin just being the cornerstone of that offensive line? Oh, the cornerstone. Okay, we brought that back out. Um, 
No, not at all, man. I mean, he, he's going to be good. I mean, it's the middle of the season. It's the middle of the season. Guys are banged up. Nobody's healthy. I can tell you that right now. Nobody on this roster is healthy except for Reggie Robinson and Bradley and I. Mm. So those are the only two guys that are probably healthy because they haven't had to touch the field. <laughs> um, other, other than that, man, every, everybody's dealing with something. And, and that's, just, that's just being real. Um, sometimes it gets out you know, to the public and things end up on an injury report. Sometimes they don't end up in an injury report, but you know, guys are going to be, they're going to overcome things every single day. I'm not worried at all. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing these guys continue to get healthier as the season progresses because I think, um, I think they are going to just continue to get stronger. ECMA? No, I, you know, he, what Isaiah said, it makes sense. I mean, you have a veteran guy, just you can't give him the day off, but still, you know, to give him an opportunity to stay in rhythm. These guys have had a bye weekend. Like, like Isaiah said, no one's healthy at this point in the season. So uh, I, it doesn't concern me uh, about Zach Martin. Uh, what I want to know is, you know, is Knight ready to go? Uh, if there's a situation that happens in this game where we have to maybe plug and play him on the right side or on the left side, can he go? So uh, that's important with this offensive line because we've, again, we've, it's become cliche, the musical chairs, and this would be the 11th combination of guys mm. on that offensive line. So, uh, you know, look, getting guys healthy is very important. Don't like to hear Biotish. Uh, I'm really curious about the the sickness of Randy Gregory. I'm I, I'm I'm glad that it's not like a co- hopefully not COVID related because mm-hmm. when anytime you see sick, the first thing you think is, oh my God, does he have COVID? So uh, knowing how how bad we need him this week as far as applying pressure to Kirk Cousins is that was the one thing that raised an eyebrow. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if he wa- if it were something like that, he'd he'd be on the list. He'd be on the mm-hmm. reserve list. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. yeah but uh, that's a good, you brought up a good point about Knight. Like we've talked about this O line combination over and over again. Like if he was if he were to be healthy and ready to go this week and have a good week of practice, or maybe next week, would you guys like to plug him in at one of those tackle spots, or are we at a point where it's like? Let's just keep the same five if we possibly can for like two weeks in a row. Can we can we just do that? <laughs> just go back I and forth. I think continuity is important and this offensive line, this offensive line needs that, right? But I think that Brandon Knight before he was injured was I mean, it's kind of hard to say a bright spot, but he was giving you uh, he was giving you uh, a lot more than say some other names. Uh, right now with Irvin you see that I think he's a lot better in the run than he is versus the pass and just comparable. I would like to see, you know, these guys kind of figure out what we're going to do with the left tackle. But we know that we're having big time issues at the right side. So mm-hmm. uh, just being able to have him for that, I, I think is more important, man. Well, and one of the things yeah, that in terms of the left side, go for it, Isaiah. Now, I was going to say the left side. I mean, some of the film that I've been watching going back to the last few games, Urban's been doing good. He's been playing physical. He's been he's been popping dudes and, and knocking dudes off. I know um, in the film room the other day, Kyle and I showed, showed a play where Schultz missed a block. But if yep. you watch that same play where Schultz missed that block, freaking Urban freaking just destroyed the guy, right? When you it, it, didn't, it didn't even look like he had opportunity to get back into play, and he just knocked the dude all the way to the ground. So I think he's bringing some physicality to it. But, yeah, as you mentioned, Kyle, that right side, we need some help. Well, and what Mike McCarthy said whenever he was asked about best five, which is kind of something we've talked about over the course of the season, but whenever he was asked about it, he said it's not fantasy football. You can't just mix and match and just throw guys out there and into certain positions. But the thing is, is when Brandon Knight comes back, you've got two swing tackles available. you got Cam Irving and you've got Brandon Knight. And Brandon Knight and Cam Irving have each played better than what Terrence Steele has done on the right tackle spot. So my question to you guys is, and Heckman, you'll start us off here, 
Cam Irving at left tackle or right tackle? And then, of course, Brandon Knight would fill in that other hole. Are you more comfortable with that than what you're working with right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm more comfortable with Tyron Smith. <laughs> but I want... Uh, well, that's not an Knight, option, unfortunately. Knight, I, I think Knight... Right, right. I know, right? I'm just wishing here. Uh, I would say Knight at the left. Um, I I just felt like Knight gave us a lot more uh, before his injury. But in this situation, the continuity, if these guys are starting to play together, I think the Steelers game, uh, they played a lot better uh, together. But my question is, who's going to be the quarterback? Because who's the quarterback is really going to help you say, you know, look, this guy is going to be a better fit in this situation because offensively the last game that we saw against the Steelers we had a lot more movement in our offense so mm-hmm. look keeping these same guys together is very important but I want to know who's going to be the quarterback Kyle it's going to be Andy Dalton oh god I mean please no that's that's please what's no happening. what that, I, that's that's what the decision is it's Andy Dalton that's the quarterback I mean that's a that's a proven thing but why, why are you saying please no with Andy Dalton? We've had this conversation, I feel like, six times about Garrett Gilbert or Andy Dalton, but you're that adamant against Andy Dalton? Heck, ready for double G. Look, man. G wagon. Okay, so we this is gonna be the this is gonna be the seventh time that we argued it, right? So <laughs> yes, if if we're gonna go with based off of percentage and just look at looking at the performance, we've already said the energy and the offense efficiency seem to be moving a lot better with Gary Gilbert. The last time I saw Andy Dalton against a defense that was bringing any pressure, let's say Arizona or. The Washington football team. It didn't look good for him. And Pittsburgh and the defense that they had, I mean, they were applying pressure for sure. And Gary Gilbert did a, a very nice job of getting out of the pocket. I mean, we've been on Kellen Moore about his offensive strategy uh, over the last uh, – his play calling over the last couple of games. I thought he did a better job even though uh, the offense has – you know, the motions and shifts and things like that he hadn't been able to do, obviously because he's had a rookie quarterback and a guy that hadn't played in a while. But I think you, you see a guy that's getting better. If the offense is going to move more efficiently with Andy Dalton, then you're just going to have to show me because I don't – I didn't see it. He hadn't been able to do it. And I think – G-Wagon give you the best shot. Oh, heck, man. Oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> I like I like, I like G-Wagon, right? I like double G, all right? G2, whatever you want to call him, right? Uh, he he did have the energy. He, he was successful. And I already mentioned that, um, you know, this week that I think that that would be the decision if I was making it to go with him because just simply off of momentum. However... Um, I encourage you and I encourage some other people, everybody else that has questions regarding Andy Dalton to go back and watch the film room session from this week because we addressed at least two of the six sacks that he experienced um, in one of his most recent games. And a lot of that stuff was not just falling on him. Now, don't get me wrong. There's just a lot of stuff he still has to do a lot better. But when it came down to protections, guys just weren't doing their jobs. They were not doing their assignments. And, it, and, it, and unfortunately, it looks bad upon just the quarterback at that when those things happen because it looks like he's holding the ball. It looks like he's not getting the ball out of his hands. Or, you know, he's not making good throws, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not taking it off his shoulders and saying that he didn't, he need, that he doesn't need to play, play better. He definitely does. But there's a lot of other elements that were going into that. He did not have the same offensive line. So, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. I don't. I don't disagree with you wholeheartedly, but we're gonna. We're gonna see uh, what it looks like this weekend. Um, yeah, let's see what it looks like. Let's let's say this. All right. So Mike Zimmer was on the staff at Cincinnati 
uh, I believe, for 2011 to 2014, right? Mm -hmm. He knows Andy Dalton like the back of his hand. The last time Mike Zimmer saw Andy Dalton, he beat him like 39 to 6 or something like that, where Andy Dalton had a 26% QBR, all right? Mike Zimmer, that's the he is going to love seeing Andy Dalton at, at quarterback because he knows all, he the kind of pressure that he can put on Andy. I think the one thing that we have at our disposal is the unknown with Gary Gilbert on that one game that we've seen him uh be successful in this offense, man. That's that's all I'm 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 weighing this on is the fact that we have history with Mike Zimmer and Andy <laughs> Dalton. So do good, with it what you must, point. but it's true. Valid point. Valid point. Looking forward to the game. That's a very good point. 2008 to 2013 was when Zimmer was the defensive coordinator with Cincinnati. And like you said, the last time that they had played was back in 2017. And it's actually the only time that those two have played where Mike Zimmer was the head coach, Andy Dalton was the quarterback. Zimmer won that battle 34-7 to was that final score. Andy Dalton in that game went... 11 of 22 for 113 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception in that game. His QB rating was was (laughs) 27.3, and he was sacked three times for 17 yards. Did he have A.J. Green? Did he have A.J. Green or was A.J. Green Nah, uh, man, no. Nah, you can't roll out your excuse. Oh, that matters. Now, dog, the numbers that don't matters. lie. You got it. A.J. Green was on the field, yes. He had C.J. Uzma, uh, Giovanni Bernard, A.J. Green, Tyler Croft, Brandon LaFell. Had a, had his full arsenal of guys, and he got blanked for seven points in a couple of picks. I am. So. I, I'm just, <laughs> like, I, I know Double G played good. I know he did, and he I know he looked like. G. Joe Montana compared to what we saw with Danucci trying to play his first start. But are we really just wiping away 134 career starts for a guy? Nope. I mean, do we just I'm feel not. I just feel like he can't play anymore? Like I just I know it didn't look good against Arizona, but I, I'm kind of with Isaiah on this one. Like I'm willing to wipe away that disaster offensively against Arizona with the turnovers and the fumbles and the lack of protection, and then you play Washington without Zach Martin Mm -hmm. against five first-round picks on the Washington front. And if they don't clean it up on Thanksgiving, it'll be the same story. But I I just think it just wasn't a good situation uh, for Andy. Not that it's all on everybody else, but, you know, if I've got to pick one guy to go win a game, I'm going to go with the more experienced guy. But like Isaiah said, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, At least they feel like they've got a solid number two at this point uh, filling in behind him. That's a good thing. I mean, it's a good problem to have because, like we talked about previously, we didn't know what was going on going into the game against Pittsburgh. Now we know what we have from all three, even maybe four perspectives of a quarterback if we really need it to to come down to that. We know what we're dealing with. But it's a debate that will rage on even until after the, the Vikings game this week. We'll have the short week to talk about it next week, so maybe not as much Garrett Gilbert v. Uh, Andy Dalton talk as we had this week and last week, but still going to be something we're going to talk about. When we come back, though, here on Talking Cowboys, we got to continue breaking down this offense, facing this Minnesota defense. What does Minnesota bring that the Cowboys have already seen the last three weeks? We'll tell you when we come back right after this. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. 
So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. It's the second segment here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Glad you're with us. Of course, as always, whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play, book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Almost sounds like a like a makeup commercial at the end. I kind of like it. Like that, that it's got that catchy ring to it. The see more, do more, Essilor. I like it every week, and Isaiah likes it too because he echoes it every single time on camera. He doesn't do it audibly for those of you listening on iTunes, unfortunately. But anyways, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Standback, I'm Kyle Yeomans, and. Today, of course, being Thursday, we're breaking down the Cowboys' offense versus. The opponent defense, and of course the opponent this week is the Minnesota Vikings. And guys, I, I want to ask this question because last week Minnesota on Monday Night Football held Chicago to 46 yards total rushing. Uh, really kind of blank them altogether. I mean, uh, Chicago didn't actually hit 200 yards in that football game and only had uh, a couple of field goals to show for it. However... This is a defense that doesn't scare me as much. Watching it on film, looking at the stats, uh, this defense doesn't scare me nearly as much as what Washington, Philly, and even Pittsburgh, of course Pittsburgh, has showed you defensively just based off of the front seven. But am I wrong in thinking that this might be the, the weakest front seven the Cowboys have seen maybe since week five of the season when we played the Giants, Isaiah? No, I think you're right in saying that. The thing about Minnesota, and Minnesota's been consistent for a very long time, all the way back to when I played. This is a too-high team. They mm-hmm. want to play too high, and they've always interested in their front seven. They've always had solid linebackers, and they still do now. They've always had solid linebackers, uh, but they always relied heavily on their defense alignment to apply pressure because they don't want to go single high. They don't want to come up and play you man-to-man. They want to sit back 
have a two shell over the top and make you work your way down the field and let them apply pressure with their front four. And unfortunately, this front four is just not applying that pressure. Um, they, like I said, if you get up to the second level, you got to deal with big Kendricks and, and company. But uh, you're absolutely correct in saying that this D line does not have the same presence, uh, nor are they as much of a, a threat um, as the D lines we faced so far this year. Rob? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think when you watch them play against Chicago, Isaiah <laughs> mentioned the, the too high. They, they did play too deep, and a lot of the, that is because they're, they're young. They're young. They're, they're missing some key eyes on defense this year. They don't have Daniel Hunter up front. Nope. I don't think they have Barr. Uh, and, so, and they've got a couple rookie corners back there, and I think Dantzler didn't play in that game. So and he was back to practice this week. So with young corners, you're trying to protect them. And like Isaiah said, you know, you know, don't give anything away deep. Make them drive the field. That does, you would think, open up some running opportunities for the mm-hmm. Cowboys. You know, when you're not, if Zeke's not facing those those boxes with seven, eight man fronts all the time, maybe there's an opportunity to do that. Now, maybe maybe Zim changes it up because he knows with a, with you know compromised up front, they've got to be able to run the football. Dallas does to have success, but I think matchup wise, there could be some opportunities. And hey, the Cowboys have struggled offensively, but I think they've topped. You know, I think like 130 yards the last couple of games. Maybe they can build on that. I think the, for me, it's, it's going to be the Mike Zimmer. I mean, Cowboy, great defensive coordinator. Uh, he does a really good job of, of dialing it up for his defense. And these guys play really well together. I mean, when Kyle, you say you look at the tape and nothing about them scares you, then I'll go with that. But at the same time, they still have Harrison Smith and guys like Hendricks and Wilson. They, mm-hmm. Look, yeah. they are going to present a problem uh, defensively <clears throat> as far as the way that they pressure the line of scrimmage. They know uh, that their best shot is stopping the Cowboys is obviously making sure that uh, Ezekiel doesn't get uh, going early. So uh, that whole loading up the box, that is what Zimmer is definitely going to do to alleviate any of that. So, look, I'm looking at this scheme and just realizing that for the, the, the Dallas Cowboys offense, you're going to have to get some of your playmakers involved. I mean, yep. I want to see Amari Cooper actually make a play, uh, stretch the field, uh, do something with the secondary that is decimated by, uh, with, well, by injuries, and they have rookie guys. So the only way that we have any success is that, you know, one, Zeke, brings his hard hat and, and collects those really tough yards that you know the Vikings are going to be against him on. But also, if Andy Dalton is the quarterback, well, he is the quarterback that he gets the ball out of his hand quickly and get it to his playmakers uh, so that they could do something. I mean, this offense, our receivers just hadn't been giving us much, and it's been because they hadn't had uh, a, the quarterback there to supply it or, or get those yardage, uh, help them get that yard, yardage. So we have to get this offense going. We hadn't seen it the last couple of games. So uh, that change is going to be welcome. Well, and whenever it comes to the, the, the decimated secondary, and you guys are mentioning these rookies, Jeff Gladney, a TCU product, actually, is one of the starting corners. The yep. other one who's yep. been dealing with a concussion is Cameron Dantzler, the Mississippi State corner that we saw mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl last year. Pretty good little corner, but yeah. still not, not anybody that should be starting as a, as a rookie. I was high on. I, I did like Cameron Dantzler, but I still didn't think he would be a starter as a rookie. Well, he's had to step in and do that because they've been just absolutely torn apart by injuries whenever it comes to the, the secondary. Holton Hill, Mark Fields, Mike Hughes, Miles Dorn, all of those guys have been out and missed significant time for this secondary. It's kind of like what the Cowboys are dealing with on the offensive line. 
where the the Minnesota Vikings are dealing with in the secondary. They're having to do a musical chairs sort of thing back there to deal with it. Yeah. But my, that brings this question to me. Is this the chance that we finally get to see Andy Dalton with minimal pressure coming up against an offensive line that has a wee bit of continuity to attack a weak secondary with the receivers that we've been waiting for. Is this finally the opportunity we get to see Dalton kind of blossom into the quarterback that we had originally thought he could be as a backup? Well, Isaiah's going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead, Um, Chip. I don't think it's going to be that type of game. I think Andy Dalton's going to be in a game management type of scenario. Um, kind of like a like an old school Russell Wilson, just don't mess up type of scenario. I really think this is the game that that Zeke comes out and, he, and he's vintage Zeke. I think I think he probably gets around 130 yards on the ground this game, and you know, and Andy Dalton's going to be facing too high. Probably the second half will face single high. He might be able to start getting some things down the field a little bit, but this is going to be a a, a a mid, you know, short short to mid range game. Uh, for Andy Dalton, where he's just going to have to be precise, and I think he'll have the time he needs to throw the ball. So, yes, to answer your question, we should see the the original Andy Dalton this game, but we won't. But we he should not be throwing the ball forty times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the hope is, you know, you can establish the run, and then if you can get them out of the, some of that that looks where they're they're playing their safeties deep, move guys up because there are, to your point, Kyle, there are some matchups on the outside that you've got to feel good about. I think uh, if you can get them the ball. But you mentioned protection. Look, the Vikings can still get pressure. I think they rely a lot on their front four to just go get the quarterback. Uh, but they'll blitz their linebackers. You know, Eric Wilson uh, is really doing damage for them uh, as a blitzer uh, with pressure and sacks and affecting the quarterback. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, their their line maybe isn't what it's been, but I think they're still capable of getting pressure on Andy Dalton. Man, I just think that's the scheme going into every week that you try and establish the run and and set up everything after that. And yes, be a game manager, Andy Dalton, but that's all good until you're down by three, you know, three touchdowns and then you have to throw the ball. So his that's I guess I'm basing this off of our past history as a team uh, with us always playing from behind. So uh, obviously a lot of things have to go good for the Dallas Cowboys to actually play the kind of football that we know is, is uh, run the ball, then throw, and he can facilitate and, and not put this defense or put himself in a situation where he's throwing the ball 40 times this game. But that's been what we do. We throw the ball 40 times a game. They just need to hit some big plays here and there. Yeah. They just haven't had that. And, and Gilbert finally gave him a little bit of that, uh, the touchdown Whoa. to CD. And, and that's, I th- that's why I guess I just feel better about Andy, just because if he's got the protection, I feel better about him, his rapport with the receivers, Getting a couple plays, you know, 30, 40 yards down the field where now you're so in P, scoring position. P, let couple. me ask you this. Yeah. P, let me ask you this. So how short of a leash do you have on Andy Dalton, right? So if this first half is just abysmal and it's no good, do you then put Gilbert in the game? Or are you saying no matter what, we ride or die all the way through as long as Andy's healthy? <laughs> what Bad would I do? For life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would. I would. <laughs> I mean, look, if it's not going good, I think based on what you've seen from Gilbert, you could, you know, you could take a look at him again. Uh, I, okay. What I think they would do, I, it just sounds like they're riding with 14. Just, you know, so I, we'll see. Right. Mm. Riding with 14. So is Rob P. Rob P. riding For with life. 14. IRS, you agree there, yeah. my friend? Ride together, we die together. Yes. <laughs> 
Double H on his <laughs> oh, own. Uh, he's he's on his own island over here. It's it's Double H Island at this point. Whenever it yacht. comes to it's a yacht. It's, it's the a yacht. yacht. There it's you go. Yacht. Yeah, it's, it's, the yacht. it's the yacht. It's the yacht for three to the, 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 to the double G. Okay. <laughs> when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we have some unfinished business in terms of talking about the Cowboys defense versus this Minnesota offense. We'll finish the show with that and get you ready for Say It With Your Chest Friday when we come back right after this. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Final segment here of the Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys. And whether you're listening to music while you work out, watching highlights, or even trading fantasy draft players like we normally do on a Thursday, Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds let you experience audio in a whole new way. Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds are the official earbuds oh, yeah. of the Dallas Cowboys. What was that, Heckma? Oh, I can hear you just fine. This is great, man. You're coming through like Oh, a you're showing off the bows. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, you can hear me just loud and clear. It sounds great. Uh, yes, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> so like I mentioned a, a moment ago, heading into the commercial break, we do have some unfinished business in terms of talking about the, the matchups that are on the table. And, and yesterday I got a nice little scary from Isaiah and a scary scary from Mr. Rob P. Whenever it came to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and the weapons outside. But I want to I ask you this question. Who is going to cover who in this regard? Because Cheeto's back. You've got Anthony Brown, of course. you got Cheeto Wouzier in the slot. Or excuse me, Jordan Lewis in the slot. But ultimately, there's not going to be enough to cover either one of these guys efficiently, Isaiah. How do the Cowboys combat this duo like we've seen already this season that could potentially have a lot of success? Zone coverage and communication. 
don't try to play these guys, man. We've tried that too many times this year by facing um, some of some of the best receivers that this league has to offer, um, and it didn't work in our favor. I don't think Carly at all, and maybe except for the Atlanta game because Julio was hurt and he wasn't himself. But um, play zone zone defense. Hopefully, Coach calls Coach Ryan calls that, and uh, and yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> just, just, just don't put these guys on the island. Please don't put these guys on the island. It's just not a smart move. How quickly do you think we see these guys on an island? It's gonna happen. I mean, you can't go a whole game just playing zone. So it's gonna. I mean, you're gonna see these guys on the island at some point in time. You just hope that you know. Again, your communication's on point. Hopefully, they play with good technique. Hopefully, they get their hands on somebody. It's one thing to play man coverage and you try to shadow somebody at the line of scrimmage. That's where we've really failed this year is in man coverage, playing at the line, trying to shadow somebody. All of a sudden, they they finally make a decision. They go a certain direction and then they just gas on us and run by us for a big play. You know, it's, if you're gonna get up there and play man, play some old school man. Put your hands on somebody and and yeah. you know it's, if you're going to get burnt get burnt that way don't get burnt by just trying to you know try to keep up with somebody's feet yeah everybody's got to be ready because um you know they move some guys around they move jefferson in the slot some mm-hmm. and uh you know to y'all's point like if they when they play off it's sometimes off man or zone they, they can find those holes and they can beat you i thought the biggest play in the game against chicago was 54 yards by Justin Jefferson just finding a hole. It was kind of C.D. Lamb-like where catch him on the run and go, and uh, he can do that. So, uh, And the other thing, too, about communication that Isaiah mentioned, they'll do those bunch sets. They'll line guys up yeah. together on one side and, and, and make you uh, communicate and decide who's taking who, basically. So um, And kind of those kind of pick type thing so they do it they do uh, a lot of short short um short splits with jefferson especially all right mm-hmm. he, he runs a lot of uh, a lot of corner routes uh, a lot of corner routes a lot of speed outs and those present problems because when you're when you're when he's so tight down to the towards uh towards the uh, the lineman as a as a secondary guy, as a defensive back, you're gonna sit outside a little bit typically, right? Because you're protecting the majority of the field. But what ends up happening is he runs a stem towards your outside shoulder, and by the time he comes out of that break, if the ball's on time, it's literally a play that you really can't defend. Uh, you could take your shot at it by trying to undercut it and try to get an interception, but if you don't, if you miss. Then all of a sudden he's catching the ball and he has the whole sideline. So he runs. You pay attention to that. Those short splits and pay attention to him running those corner routes and those speed outs. It's it's a problem. He does a good job of finding the zone. And he's lanky. He gets up on you quick. Yep. Uh, he doesn't look like he's running fast. He has these long freaking dawsome legs from Street Fighter, and he just you know just runs and he just he just gets up on you really quick. That's it's just it's kind of creepy. The second Street Fighter reference of the season. I love yes. it. Yes, there it is. Yes. Uh, I haven't. Um, I, I could just say, man, I haven't been uh, afraid of a, a Minnesota Vikings rookie receiver since Randy Moss mm. and Jefferson. Since wow. Jefferson presents a problem, uh, but also I, I would like to think that the veterans that we have on our team and the secondary will be able to mitigate a lot of that worry and pr- play to their strength. Cheeto, for me, is a guy that always does a really good job of using the boundary as an extra defender. So that play that you're talking about, undercutting that, that I believe it's that the fade that they like, Kirk Cousins like to throw uh, to Jefferson, that he uses that uh, to his advantage. These guys can't tip their hand and go zone the whole game. They're going to have to play some man. This yep. is a part of the, the part of defense. And if you play zone, that they, they will eat that apart. I yep. mean, yeah. I don't like Kirk Cousins, but man, you know, you, this is that would be checkers to his chest as a, as an offense. So 
you know, the Cowboys defense, I believe Anthony um, A.B. Uh, is a guy that I, I feel comfortable being with by himself on Thielen or on Jefferson. I just feel like that part of their what they do and just have to you know, play to their strengths as, a, as defenders. But it's all going to be surrounding around the kind of pressure that we get. You know, we, you, the interview yesterday with Tank Lawrence, and they asked him about uh, the, the difference between or the comparison between the Kevin Stefanski, Cleveland Browns offense and this offense. He's like, look, man, we realize that these guys are very similar, uh, but we are a different defense than where we were when we played these guys. We were not being able, we weren't able to play fast and free because we didn't realize what the defense, uh, what defense coordinator was asking for us and from us and they these guys feel a lot comfortable going into this week so look man I just feel as though if the defense plays together just the same as the Vikings defense has been doing we should have some success on Sunday how much of a role is Kyle Rudolph going to play in this game they called him all reliable on the uh, on the Monday night football broadcast and I thought that was the best way to put it because he's been around for 10 years and he continues to do the same thing plus Isaiah we looked at it in the film room I mean he's a fantastic blocker still even at this point in his career but he's also a receiving threat how big of an impact does he play real quickly here before we wrap things up he plays. He's huge, man. I mean, he's looks like <laughs> looks like Kristoff from Frozen on there. He's a big Viking. If anybody, remember, if anybody, <laughs> if anybody represents what a Viking should look like, it's him. He's a large human, and he's gonna block you. He's gonna consume you in the run game, and he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna box you out if he runs a route. So he's he's a problem, man. And <laughs> they're definitely gonna use him. <laughs> Street Fighter Frozen. All in the span of two minutes. I love it. And it's accurate. And it's accurate. It is accurate. That's the best part about it. It's completely accurate. Got Kristoff Rudolph over here. I mean, his name is literally Rudolph, and Kristoff rides yes, a reindeer. Yes. So, I mean, I guess it works. It, it completely oh. works. That's that's impressive, Isaiah. Rob, big big impact from, from Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Kristoff's good as a blocker, man. You guys showed it in the film room on those zone runs. He can, he can, he can move guys out of the way. So watch out for Kristoff. I'm, I'm no good right now, Kyle. <laughs> Where do you come up with this stuff, man? Do you, do you have a note card in front of you with just what is that, man? That's, that's crazy. He goes that's through crazy. and he looks. Yeah, it's gonna be a problem. He goes through and looks at the headshots of all these players. He goes, "That's Kristoff. That's that's what that one is." Oh man, that just comes to me, man. That's the that's the best way I could have possibly found a way to end this show and 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 send us in to say it with your chest Friday. I want to thank everybody for sticking around here over the last forty five minutes for all those. <laughs> that are on here. Go ahead and subscribe, like, follow, do everything you need to follow each of these guys on social media as well. But for today, for Chris Beam in the back, for Heck, my Harrison, for Rob B, and for Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!